Hello, and welcome to episode 63 of The Witcher Chapter by Chapter Book Review, where I'll go through a summary of the latest chapter and give my detailed thoughts on it. Today I'm discussing chapters 11 and 12 from Season of Storms. And that's actually um, chapters 11, 12, and there is an interlude in between there. So we're going to go through that interlude because why would we skip it? That would not make very much sense. There's a lot of interludes in this book. I was not anticipating that when I first started reading it. When I read the first interlude, I remember thinking, oh, that's that's interesting. That's an interesting choice. Um, but okay. And then I uh, kept reading and then I came across another interlude. I was like, oh, okay, there's more than one. Okay, we're doing this again. All right. And now I'm noticing that that's just a common thing. And uh, I see what he's doing there. I see what the point of the interludes is. I don't know. I feel like it started to sound like I was complaining about it. I wasn't. <laughs> um, but I, it's just an observation. I find it. I find it interesting. Um, so when, when I say I'm covering chapters 11 through 12, um, it doesn't just mean that we're only covering what's in there. It could mean that. Some episodes, it's meant that when I say we're covering chapters X through X. All right, this, this is boring. I'm, I'm, I'm really off to a good start with uh, captivating the audience. <laughs> it's what they pay me to do. Just kidding. Nobody pays me anything. All right. So I'm going to do the recap so we can be caught up uh, from what we covered in the previous episode, go through the summary of these chapters and that interlude, and then we'll talk about it. So recap, Geralt was hired by sorcerers at Risberg Castle to find and stop a person possessed by a demon who's been visiting the local set settlements and killing the residents. During his patrol, the forest suddenly becomes silent and he hurries to investigate the disturbance. So we were left off on a little bit of a cliffhanger there. So now we're going to find out what the cause of that disturbance was. And uh, spoiler, it's not good. It's really bad. Here's the summary. Upon his arrival at the settlement of Pine Tops, Geralt is met with a grisly sight. A trail of brutally murdered bodies strewn across the area. Amidst the carnage, Geralt spots an unconscious man clutching onto entrails. It is none other than Sorrel Daggerlin. Dun, dun, dun. Um, you might not even, well, I mean, if you've already read this, then you know who he is. But at this point, you might not even remember who he is. But he is one of Ordolin's most trusted associates from Risberg. He was present during the audience when Geralt met with Ordolin and and his, his, his people. So as Daggerlin regains consciousness, he is overwhelmed with fear and guilt for the heinous crime he committed. Considering his reservations about taking a life, Geralt decides to spare him and instead suggests that they teleport to Risberg. However, just as they're about to depart, something strange happens. Daggerlin's face and voice transform into that of a person who is unburdened by guilt. The portal transported them to Daggerlin's lair, where Geralt was immediately seized by two robust crossbreeds, while a hunchback menacingly aimed an arbalist at him. Daggerlin wasted no time injecting white scorpion venom into Geralt, rendering him entirely helpless. After delivering a lengthy monologue to explain his nefarious plans for the Witcher, Geralt's motor functions gradually returned. 
using the Somni sign, Somne, Somne, I don't know how it's meant to be said, I'm gonna go with Somne. Using the Somne sign, he temporarily incapacitated Deggerlin before making him teleport them away. However, they materialized in different locations. Geralt set off northward and encountered a group of helpless villagers under attack by a, ba by a band of ruthless brigands. He quickly intervened to defend the hapless victims, but when nine more members of the villainous group arrived, Geralt found himself vastly outnumbered. The thugs bound Geralt to one of their steeds and began their journey to claim the reward offered by the local commandant. However, before they could reach their destination, Daggerland and his cohort of crossbreeds teleported directly in front of them and commenced a brutal onslaught. Fortunately, Geralt managed to seize one of the horses and flee the scene amidst the ensuing chaos. So the person behind the attacks was one of Risberg's mages, like it was suspected, but it wasn't. These things weren't being done by somebody possessed by a demon like they thought it was. It was just someone feigning these demon attacks. So an interesting little twist there. All right, well, backing it back up to the beginning of chapter 10. So when Geralt gets to Pine Tops and sees the bodies, it's a pretty nasty sight. These people were not just killed. Like they were savagely, brutally killed. And Daggerlin and his, his boys, they don't discriminate. There's dead men, women, children. It's messed up. And these people are missing hands and feet. Their throats are torn out. Their bodies are split in two. It's a really gruesome sight of what just happened moments before that uh, Geralt's walking up on. And he quickly notices that Daggerlin, who was unconscious at this moment or pretending to be, um, he notices that this isn't a dead person. And he thinks to himself, like, okay, this is the, this is the criminal. This is the um, the energumen, energumen. I avoided saying it last time because <laughs> I wasn't sure how to pronounce it. Um, which, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to pronounce things all the time, but sometimes you gotta say them, but I tried to just work around it. Uh, but the host, he thought that he was the, the demon's host and he sees him and he thinks, should, should I just kill him? Should I just end this here and now? And he kind of struggles with this decision. He's conflicted about it as he very often is. Um, he's very often conflicted with um, these moral dilemmas and um, he, uh, yeah, so he thinks like, you know, I could kill him. It wouldn't be that big of a deal, but I don't know if I can do it. In chapter nine, though, we see, we see him take on like this bit of a utilitarian attitude when he talks about the last time that he killed a man that was possessed by a demon, but it's probably not as simple for him in this situation while the man who he believes to be possessed is defenseless on the ground. Like this guy isn't actively murdering people in the moment that Geralt walks up. He's like, he's not actually unconscious, I don't think, but Geralt thinks he is. So I think that makes it more complicated when, um, when you compare it to the last time that he had to do that. But he thinks about the constable that he recently met, Torquil, who was in the most recent chapter in chapter 10, and how that guy wouldn't have had any qualms about killing somebody who just savagely murdered a bunch of innocent people. But Unfortunately for Geralt, he himself does. So Daggerlin wakes up, or he pretends to wake up, and he has his fake 
freak out moment. He starts asking, what happened? How did I end up here? I don't, I don't remember anything. And he starts to explain that a demon entered him during this invocation where there was a pentagram and he's crying. And it even says that he's crying somewhat theatrically. So he's trying to sell it a little bit too much, but Geralt doesn't catch on that. It's all fake, unfortunately. Then he begs Geralt not to kill him, which lucky for him, Geralt already decided against. So he tells him, he tells Degerlin at first, summon the mages from Risberg here. But Degerlin says that he can teleport them to Risberg using a sigil. So not the traditional way of teleporting. Um, he's got this tattoo on his chest and it's this tattoo of overlapping circles dotted with points of various sizes. It's explained. So instead of um, teleporting the traditional way where it's basically basically kind of like a door opens, he um, tells Geralt to hug onto him. He's got to get really close. And Geralt is confused about that, but he, he, he does it. He gets close enough for them to teleport together. And this is where Daggerlin reveals that he's been faking the whole time. His voice changes and his lips contort and he says, Get in close as though I were your Yennefer. Ooh, and it's creepy. At this, Geralt figures out what's going on, but it's too late. It's too late to do anything because the teleportation has already begun. Then they're in Daggerlin's lair, where before Geralt can realize what's going on, he's seized by the crossbreeds who, by the way, um, they're called Bew and Bang, these two crossbreeds. And Geralt notices that they resemble Pyral Pratt's bodyguard, Makita. And Daggerlin later tells him that they're the crosses between trolls and ogres. And they were made at Risberg Castle, where crossbreeding is very frequently practiced. And then uh, the hunchback is there too. He's pointing an arbalist at Geralt, and his name is Pastor. So we got the names of these new characters established. <laughs> so uh, Daggerlin tells Geralt that. They're not in Risberg, they're in his lair, and then he tells him that he will inflict pain and death on him. So it's looking pretty bad. Like Geralt's totally restrained in this moment. He can't escape the firm grips of Bew and Bang. He's got an arbalist pointed at him, and to make matters worse, Daggerlin injects him with this white scorpion venom, and it's very painful. And it causes all kinds of unpleasant sensations and side effects, and makes him just go numb. So they take Geralt into another room. They place him on a chair and Daggerlin is now alone with Geralt and he goes into this whole exposition about why he's been killing people, how he's been doing it, why he's led people to believe that it was the work of a demon and what his plans are for Geralt. And his monologue here is pretty long, so I'll try to summarize it. Um, I mean, as I normally would, but I'll try to get all of the important parts across without going on as long as he does. Um, but before I do, <laughs> I do want to mention that he's got this medallion with the emblem of Karak on it. Karak's the place where Geralt was, where swords were stolen, where um, he was having his affair with Coral. So it's got a dolphin on it. And he's got this cat that occasionally comes by and will swat at the medallion during this whole talk. So Geralt actually saw this, saw the cat swatting at the medallion during the divination practice with Coral back in chapter seven. Like when he saw um, the surroundings of where his swords were and he saw a few other things too. Like there was the one moment that Coral said she thought it was for her. Um, that was relevant to um, 
Sodden Hill and Battle of Sodden Hill where she eventually dies. And there was another piece that didn't seem related to Sodden or this. So maybe that will come up later, but I won't go into that now because it's not relevant at the moment. So uh, Daggerlin, his motivation, and the motivation for these horrible, atrocious crimes comes from his desire to rise high in the sorcerer's hierarchy. And he's been working to achieve this through his time at Risberg, where he was originally sent by the chapter, chapter of sorcerers. He was sent there by them to work as Ordolin's assistant so that he could spy and sabotage his works. This shows that the chapter isn't fond of what Ordolin does. And part of the reason Daggerlin was chosen was because they knew that Ordolin likes young men since he's gay. And uh, Daggerlin thinks of himself as a very handsome man, um, which the narrative voice doesn't ever explain him being super good looking. It's um, Daggerlin himself. Did I say Ordolin when I meant to say Daggerlin a couple times? Daggerlin himself thinks he's good looking. <laughs> um, Carol looks at him and thinks he looks very effeminate is what Carol keeps thinking. But um, yeah, Ordolin was, he, he, he was digging Daggerlin and Daggerlin went along with the relationship with Ordolin so that he could create the impression that Ordolin was deeply enamored with him. And this would imply that Daggerlin has access to all of Ordolin's secrets and thus command greater respect from his fellow mages. But for them to really respect him and think that he was close to discovering the secrets of these old now dead mages who were incredibly powerful and they brought all their secrets with them to, the, to their graves, he had to convince everyone that he knew how to invoke demons. Honestly, there probably could have been a better way of doing this. <laughs> like if you're going to cheat and not just become a really talented mage through hard work and dedication and practice, I'm sure if you want to go the easy cheating route, I'm sure you could trick people into respecting you more without murdering a bunch of innocent people. Like there had to have been an alternative, but he's clearly an evil person. So I guess that that didn't occur to him or he didn't care. He seems to be enjoying the, um, the killing of people. So he took Bew and Bang and he had them uh, slaughter several settlements achieving his goal of making the other sorcerers believe it was a demon who did it. So there was no Goatia practice on his part. Bew and Bang were the ones doing all the heavy lifting. Then Risberg hired Geralt to stop him, as we know. So Daggerlin, when he found out about this, he ran to Ordolin, pleading with him to save him from the Witcher. And Ordolin, I guess, scolded him for his crimes, but then he gave him advice on how he could trick Geralt so that Ordolin could take Geralt's eyes because he wants to use the part of Geralt's eyes that allows him to see in the dark, part of a part of being a witcher. And he wants to use that to try and create something that'll make that ability available to everyone, which is pretty sick. But Ordolin's plan was to give Geralt his eyesight back in a couple of years. So, um, I mean, it's still sick, but I guess at least he was planning on restoring his eyesight. So... There's that. But Daggerlin's plan was to capture Geralt again. And uh, once Ordolin got what he wanted from him. And afterwards, he would vivisect him. 
And then he would send parts of him to Risberg, <laughs> except for one part that he'd send to Yennefer. And I'm sure you can guess which part that is without me needing to say it. It was his pinky toe. That's what it was. Yennefer's favorite part, Geralt's pinky toe. Um, but yeah, this guy's just, um, he's a nut and he's really evil, but he's also not very bright or good at magic, which is good. Um, and in the moment that he's explaining this, Geralt casts the Somne sign, putting Daggerland to sleep because as Daggerland was talking, Geralt's ability to move was slowly coming back to him. And he was very careful not to reveal this so that he could catch him by surprise. Daggerland also wasn't aware that he was going to regain his functions as quickly as he did. And um, the Somni sign, this is shown for the first time, first time ever here. I've never seen that sign before, never had that come up in the books before. So it seems pretty cool, sign that puts people to sleep, as long as it's not in the wrong hands, which with Geralt, I don't think it is. Um, he, this is the first time we've ever seen him use it, so I don't think it's even that necessary a lot of the time. And he uses it when this person's talking about doing really awful things to him. So I, th I think he used it in a really good way. <laughs> so this moment, this moment's quite suspenseful as the sign really wasn't powerful enough. So Daggerlin is awakening quickly and then Pastor, the hunchback, breaks into the room and he's calling for Buen Bang to help him and Geralt fights Pastor off by hitting him with these large tomes and he breaks a carafe over his head and even this slows him down only a little bit. Like this Pastor's really close to getting Geralt here. Uh, Bew and Bang, though, they get stuck in the doorway. <laughs> they're both trying to get through the doorway at the same time, and they're so big, they get stuck. So this delays them, which is good, because if they tried to enter in a single-file fashion at first and got in quicker, I think Geralt probably would have been toast, because they, they would be tough to beat under normal circumstances, but he's still not back to 100% after the scorpion venom. And we know that Geralt can take on multiple people at once. We've seen him do that plenty of times, but um, these are not ordinary people. These are people that can um, grab a person and rip them in two. So I don't know how he would fare in a fight against them, especially in this condition. Doesn't come down to that though, because he manages to grab his sword and he threatens Daggerlin with it unless he teleports them out. And he does, but as soon as the process begins, Daggerlin breaks free and they end up separated when they arrive where the portal took them. And Geralt landed somewhere outdoors during the night. And that's where chapter 11 ends. But before we move on to chapter 12, we'll visit the interlude. So there's a man and his name is Shevlov. And he's not a good guy. He's overseeing the process of these builders inserting a post into the ground and then um, attaching a plaque to the post with the Redanian coat of arms onto it. So they're doing this because they're expanding this region in Redania known as Riverside, and they're expanding it into Tamaria. I don't think they're doing this legally. <laughs> so I don't think that... It, it's a bit confusing about where they're getting the orders from to do this. It doesn't seem like... Like King Vizimir, uh, Vizimir is King of Redania at this time. It doesn't seem like this was on his orders. It might have been some local ruler. Um, but I am willing to bet that 
nobody in Tamaria consented to this. So all of the residents of the nearby village in this section of land have been rounded up so that the group, Shevlov and his group, could tell them that they now live in Redania and are therefore behind on their rent and taxes and they need to settle those debts and they need to do it right now. And this causes an uproar as they all recently paid Tamaria for these same things. But Shevlov and his crew don't care. They're very unreasonable. He tells them, if you paid Tamaria, then you must think of yourselves as Tamarians. So head on over the border, head on over to the border that we just moved. Uh, but if you do that, you can only bring what you can carry and everything else that you're leaving behind that we're gonna make you leave behind belongs to Redania. So not only are we forcing you out of your home, but we're gonna take all of your stuff too. It's ridiculous, it's super ridiculous. These people who don't even have the opportunity to make more money handed out all of their money over because of some, or they're forced to hand over all their money if they can because of these political geographic squabbles. Um, yeah, they're now forced to give up their homes or whatever leftover money that they might have. But this, of course, as we know, it's a very common theme in these societies. It's been expressed many times throughout the Witcher series. The lower classes are treated less than human. So as they're attempting to pacify the peasants with whips and pike staffs, a man called, I don't know if it's supposed to say, be Javel or Yavel, Javel Fish, his last name's Fish, we'll call him Fish. Uh, he arrives and he's with this other man. And in exchange for money, Shevlov hands over what they refer to as a freak. So it's a person whose head and most of her body is covered in a sack. And we don't learn much about who this person is, except for that apparently, according to Shevlov, she bites and is capable of casting spells. And for some reason, someone's willing to pay another for catching her and handing her over. And the reason behind Fish's interest in her is also unknown. Uh, not even Shevlov and his crew understood what it was about. They just wanted the money for catching her. So that concludes the interlude. Time to move on to the final chapter of today's episode, chapter 12, where we pick back up with Geralt as he's waking up in a thicket beside a swamp. So after being teleported, he took an elixir called Golden Oriole to cure all for poisons and toxins. And he took it so that it could further neutralize the effects from the venom. And it actually made him a bit sicker, but he went to sleep and he woke up feeling not back to normal, but a little bit better. So he set off and he doesn't know where he is as he sets off. And he's unsure if Daggerland deliberately teleported him to this boggy wilderness or if it was a teleportation failure, but at this point, he's just mainly concerned with getting to Novigrad by the time of the auction so that he can try and get his swords back. So his concern with um, the Risberg business and uh, what he was hired to do by Penity and um, Zara, he's, uh, he's putting that on the back burner possibly for now. He needs to get to Novigrad because he's running out of time. And as he's traveling, he thinks about how Roach, his horse, was left in pine tops, which means he's certainly lost his horse, as she'll either have been eaten by wolves or just stolen. So he's experiencing a long string of bad luck lately. A season of storms, if you will. <laughs> uh, eventually, he reaches a signpost at a crossroads that helps give him a better idea of where he's located. 
and he knows that he's on this marsh created by two branches of the Pontar River. And here we get this detailed explanation about how this area used to be called Emblonia, but it was very poorly run and then it eventually disappeared, being divided up between the countries of Tamaria and Redania, creating a never-ending border dispute, which has on many occasions led to bloodshed. So this provides some insight into what was going on in the interlude with Shevlov and the posts. So as Geralt looks at the signpost, he doesn't know exactly which direction um, or what the names of the places on the signpost, what they're all, what, 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 doesn't know much about them, um, but he does know that there's the one that's labeled Finditan would take him north. So he headed in that direction since it would get him closer to Novigrad. And as he travels, it doesn't take long for Geralt to stumble upon something he doesn't want to stumble upon, which is this homestead where he finds peasants being accosted. And being the valiant hero that he is, he feels compelled to rescue them. And this turns out to be Shevlov's group. So Geralt grabs one of them by the arm as the guy's about to thrash one of the peasants and he shoves him against the hen house and he tells them all to scram. And the group aren't buying it. They don't feel threatened because there are three of them. But Geralt, like I've said, we've seen it before. He can definitely take on three people at once. So he's not about to back down. But then nine armed riders that show up and they threaten to kill the peasants if he doesn't drop his sword. So he does and then they restrain him. So one of them, though, uh, recognizes Geralt from a time when he was in Maribor on a contract, and this is how they learn that he's a witcher. So they think that if he's a witcher, then he must have been hired out by a Sumerian official to stop them. So they decide to take him to the Commandant of Finditan for a reward. But before they head out, they pick up Geralt's sword, and Shevlov mentions that, oh, witcher swords are protected by spells and the edge of the blade is capable of piercing armor and cutting through other blades. So this shows that the uh, previous conversation had between Geralt and Dandelion about the common belief, like the public's general belief about witcher swords being enchanted is very true. So they decide to test this out. They want to see for themselves how these witcher swords work. So they fence a little until Geralt's sword actually gets broken. So now he's weaponless again. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, it's a season of storms. <laughs> so Shevlov gets in Geralt's face when the sword breaks. He's, he's, he's not happy about this. He says, how many good people have you deceived? Which is a really interesting question coming from him. Then they take off. Geralt is tied to a rope attached to the pommel of the um, one member. Her name is Frigga, is attached to her saddle. Uh, suddenly, the horses have a little freak out. Then there's a flaring iridescent globe, and it vanishes. And in its place is Degerlin, Bew, Bang, and Pastor. And I wonder if they were all traveling together and landed where they did in this moment looking for another settlement to ravage, or maybe they were trying to find Geralt because maybe he somehow had a way of tracking his precise location, which doesn't seem too plausible as he's demonstrated that he's a pretty lousy mage and Geralt traveled pretty far from where he was originally spat out. So even if he was able to figure out where he originally was, it would be quite the um, coincidence that he ended up right. Anyway, I do wonder if 
Daggerlin would be continuing his mission. Like if it was just a coincidence and he and his half breeds were cross breeds were, um, and they just happened to be in front of Geralt while they were setting out to kill more people and continue to make Risberg think that they were, um, or that the, the killing was the work of demons. But, uh, yeah, we don't get to know the truth on that. I'm just thinking about it right now. Yeah, we don't know. But either way, he ends up right in front of Geralt and this group. And they start attacking immediately. They're killing many of the members of Shevlov's gang, including Shevlov himself. And in the chaos, Geralt uses the Igni sign to burn through the rope that he's tied to. And he tears Frigga from her saddle and he hops in. And she even tries to get the horse back from him, but he punches her and he rides off as Bew and Bang are tearing people to pieces. And that's where the chapter ends with more violence. It's a very violent section that we covered today. <laughs> a lot of gruesome stuff. And I wish I could say it gets better. It doesn't. I still haven't finished the book, but I got pretty close to the end. Um, but yeah, there's some, some dark stuff, but yeah, that's the Witcher. That's what the series is. Um, but yeah, super violent. Um, the, at least the violence at the very end of that chapter though, was being committed against these bad people, but it's still not good that Daggerland is actively killing people with Pastor and Bew and Bang. All right. Closing thoughts. It was a very interesting twist. Like no one was invoking the demons, but just pretending to be invoking demons. Uh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, we've got a whole new evil character in the story, Sorrel Daggerlin. He's absolutely terrible. He's such a bad person. And it's funny because I, I really want Geralt to get to Novigrad and get his swords back, since that's been an issue for most of the book. But I also want Daggerlin stopped. And if anybody can do it, who better than Geralt of Rivia? Uh, but the, there's just um, there's just more issues in this story that they, they keep piling up. Like the previous issues don't get solved before new issues are presented. Poor Geralt, story of his life, right? Okay, looking ahead, will Geralt make it to Novigrad in time for the auction? It seems like he's cutting it pretty close. Not. His, not um his fault, of course. Uh, the mages, the Penitine and Zara were going to just teleport him right to Novigrad in time for the auction. So he doesn't have that option anymore. He's uh, got to get there by foot, doesn't even have a horse. So we'll see how that goes. And also, will Daggerlin be stopped? Like, I'm wondering, maybe Geralt will go up to Novigrad, try to get his swords back. Hopefully he does. And he comes back and he stops Sorrel Daggerlin. But that sounds like too much of a happy ending for this story. So I doubt it. But we'll have to wait and see when we cover that in future episode. All right. Just to let you know, in case you didn't, these episodes are available on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for joining, and I will catch you in the next episode. <laughs>